Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Anchor. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Welcome once again. It's that time of year. Time of year. It's that time of the week. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a wonderful Thursday evening. If you're listening to me, then you know where you be. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and this is the FSP Crew Show. The number to call in is 3473. I'll try that again. The number to call in is 347. 347- 637-3220. i say that again. 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to JT, that would be me. And it's a heck of a day today. The NCAA is um, in full swing tonight. Um, NFL is gearing up. They've been having a bunch of pro uh, uh, pro days. Teams are looking at players, seeing what they like and what they don't like about the new class of players coming in. And, uh, It's a great day. First of all, let's talk. Let's talk this way. Before I get into a little basketball, just a little bit. For those who don't know, Roger Goodell. has been talking about cutting down the time in NFL games. All I can say is it's about time. Um, one of the things that, that I don't like 
is that the and I always think this is a pet peeve of mine. You're watching a football game and we'll start from the beginning of it. You watch a football game and the, the, when the game starts, quite naturally, is a kickoff. And uh, come kickoff, where naturally one team gets the ball. And then they go to the commercial. And they come back. And then they, then they start to play. Anytime there's a change of possession, like if it's a punt, they go to commercial. And then when it comes back, it resumes play. Why? Why? That, that, that's, you know, that adds up. And for the most part, when they do run commercials, it's not just one commercial. It's two and three at a time. So you're talking about course of a game, which is about four hours. It's about four hours out of your day. Three and a half, four hours. Well, you figured 15 times. I'll say 15 times they go to commercial. I could be wrong, and I'm just going by it off the top of my head, but you figured four hours, 15 times, that's uh, what? Um, trying to think what that is. Fifteen times in four hours, whatever that'd be about. Uh, every half hour, one half hour, one, two, three, four, five, six. No, it's probably every fifteen minutes, something like that, somewhere around there. And that—that's about what I'm thinking. Every fifteen minutes. Now, well, quite naturally. NFL quarters are 15 minutes, and then they got a halftime, which is about eh, give or take about 15 minutes. But in between those, when they when they like I said, when they punt, they go to commercial. When they kick off, they go to commercial. Then they come back. When they score a touchdown. They have a they have after after um, an extra point. After that, they go to commercial. They line up for the kickoff again. They go to commercial. Goodell wants to cut five minutes of downtime from NFL games. That's what he's saying that he wants to do. That's not the only thing he wants to do, but he thinks that. Lee can make games about five minutes shorter with eliminating anything fans will miss. Goodell said on the NFL Network that he believes some of the league's ideas for cutting delays during a game can reduce the length of a game from last year's average of three, three hours and seven minutes. I thought it was a little longer than that. To an average more like three hours and two minutes. So I'm only talking about five minutes. Um, it's a quote from him is that we think we probably can get probably close to five minutes of downtime out of the game so that we can get somewhere in the 302 range. 
he said he worried that if the league doesn't eliminate downtime, fans will decide to turn games off. I don't know if they go that far, but um, you do have a tendency to flip the channel every time they go to a freaking commercial. It seems like it's way too many commercials. I know they got to sell sell uh, to, to for, and make room for their sponsors, but um, it, you should be able to manage the time a little bit better. I got my little co- my little co- my fellow my fellow co-host. Sorry, there, Jeff. That was a bad slip there. My fellow co-host, um, the guy from Jersey, same James, uh, uh, Double J, they call him, Jersey jo- uh, Jeff the Joker. I'm flumping all my words today. I don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, he's, he's jumped in on the show, and I want to bring him in and, and give him his, his ideas and thoughts about Mr. Goodell, first of all, about wanting to cut time down um, where there's a lot of waste of time in, in uh, an average NFL game. Talk to me, Jeff. Welcome to the show. You know, uh, so thanks for the intro. Uh, I'm not offended. Uh, I'm, I haven't always been a fan of uh, Commissioner Goodell, but uh, I'm impressed that uh, he's paying attention to the length of the game and the pace of the game and not waiting until it becomes a serious problem because this is something that should have been addressed in baseball many, many years ago. And, and now they're, they're making some effort in baseball, but it's too much, too little, too late. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like a football game that's done in less than three hours. But the, the thing is, the difference between football and baseball, I'll tolerate a football game that goes over three hours because they only play once a week. Baseball, you know, they're playing seven days a week usually, and you know, I, I can't deal with a marathon baseball game. I just can't take it. Okay. Well, besides that, now we had talked about things, in that, and I can't recall what we had talked about um, um, near the end of the season of 2016. But the um, NFL owners will vote on a wide variety of potential new rules. New league bylaws and new resolutions covering everything, whether a player can leap over the line of scrimmage on a field goal to whether a team can opt out of the league's color, color rush uniforms. Um, these are, and I'm going to read uh, the, this year's rule proposals, bylaws proposals, and resolution proposals that we have. I'm going to go on each category and get your uh, your um, your thoughts on each one of these. Uh, there's 15 2017 rule proposals. Uh, one, this is by Philadelphia. Gives additional protections for long snappers on kick plays. Um, prohibits the le- leaper block attempt on field goal and extra points. Expands the crown of helmet foul to include hairline part of the helmet. Amends the challenge system by granting a third challenge if a club is successful on at least one of its initial two challenges and expands reviewable plays outside of two minutes of each half. Um, These proposed by Washington eliminates the the limit of three total challenges per team per game and eliminates, excuse me, eliminates the requirement that a team can be successful on each of its first two challenges in order to be awarded a third challenge. And the uh, another one by Washington 
moves the line of scrimmage to the 20-yard line for any touchback where the free kick travels through the uprights. That's that's a strange one. Um, this is proposed by Buffalo and Seattle. Permits a coach to challenge any official's decision except scoring plays and turnovers. Um, and uh, the rest are by the competition committee and 8 through 15. Uh, 8 is make permanent the rule that disqualifies a player who penalized twice in one game for certain types of unsportsmanlike conduct fouls. Changes the spot of the next snap after a touchback resulting from a free kick to the 25-yard line for one year only. Reduces the length of preseason and regular season overtime periods to 10 minutes. That's a, that's a pretty big one. Uh, you're looking for a lot of ties in that. Gives a receiver runner, excuse me, gives a receiver running a pass route defenseless player protection. Makes crack back blocks prohibited by backfield player who's in motion, even if he is not more than two yards outside the tackle when the, bat, the ball is snapped. Replaces the sideline replay monitor with a handheld device and authorizes designated members of the officiating department to make the final decision on replay reviews. I don't know if I like that one. Makes it unsportsmanlike conduct to commit multiple fouls during the same down designed to excuse me. So let's say that again. Makes it unsportsmanlike conduct to commit multiple fouls during the same down designed to manipulate the game clock. And the last one makes actions to conserve time illegal after the two-minute warning of either half. I know that's a that's a a lot. Uh, if you want me to go over any of those, just let me know. But I just want to get your thoughts. The the one I think I object to, and it really stands out, is not making a lot of sense. Is cutting the overtime period down to ten minutes. Yep. Because. Um, that doesn't make much sense because I don't think there's proof that a significant amount of injuries take place during, you know, the last five minutes of overtime. And, you know, most football fans don't like ties. It's not a big part of the sport. And that's why they started overtime to begin with was Mm -hmm. because there were too many ties. And, uh, I don't like ties. I never have. I mean, you know, I think uh, for a long time, I think a tie would take place about once every other year. And I think that's okay because I, I, the reason they, they cap the overtime at 15 minutes is well, a couple of reasons. I think they're concerned there might be increased injuries and that the teams playing the extra period might be at a disadvantage the following week. Um, I, I just I, I think cutting the overtime down to ten minutes might be too drastic because if one team has a long drive, then the other team's only going to have a minute or two. Yep. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that one at all. Mm-hmm. What about but, you know, the some one? Of these rules like free kicks—they don't happen that often, so that's a very minor rule. Right. Uh, See, what about? Is, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Excuse me. That this competition committee. That's a very powerful committee. Yep. So being a member of that committee, it gives you a lot of influence. Because um, when I was a kid, and I think there was a lot of truth in it, Don Shula was on that competition committee, yep. and, and that gave him a lot, of, a lot of power, which I don't think he abused. But, you know, sometimes when he was talking to a rep, 
he really knew what he was talking about because he's like, hey, I, I wrote that rule. I made that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, one of the many good things about Don Shula was uh, as, as much as he loved winning, he also was all about fair play. Uh, he wouldn't cheat, you know, but he didn't remind – he didn't mind reminding a referee about a rule or two that he would do, which kind of gave him the air of being a, a real authority. What about the rule that uh, um, disqualifies a player who is penalized twice in one game for certain types of unsportsmanlike conduct? I'm okay with that. And I, I was watching, you know, I think that's inspired by uh, Odell Beckham and, uh, I was watching that that, that notorious game uh, against the uh, Panthers a couple of years ago, and I remember thinking to myself, what is wrong with these refs? Because the refs blew it. It doesn't happen much, but they have the authority to throw a player out of the game. And, uh, you know, I, I guess because it doesn't happen that much, uh, they maybe they were afraid to do it. I don't know, but they, they really messed up. They lost control of that game. So I guess to make sure that doesn't happen again, they got to come up with that type of rule, which I I guess it's similar to soccer. You know, you get two penalty cards and you're out of the game. Uh, You know, in basketball, two technicals and you're out of the game. Mm -hmm. And because one, one weak crew of referees, they couldn't control a player. The, The head coach, and this was a joke who, you know, likes to think, who liked to think he was a disciplinarian. He couldn't control a player. Because of that, you got to make more rules. It'd be nice if they had fewer rules, but unfortunately, you got to make more rules. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to the um, 2017 bylaw proposals. Um, three are interesting um, by Washington. I'll, I'll name those first three first, and then the rest are by the competition committee. Um, Washington uh, uh, wants to amend Article. Uh, 27, Section 17.1, to eliminate the mandatory cut-down to 75 a- active list players. So they want to be able, to, I guess, to have unlimited amount of active list player players. Um, uh, they also want to amend Article uh, 27, Section 17.14, to place a player who has, a, who has suffered a concussion and who has not been cleared to play on the club's exempt list and be replaced by a player on the club's practice squad on a game by game basis until the player is cleared to play. Okay. And then, um, amend, uh, article 19 sections, 19.8 B and 19.9 B to permit clubs to opt out of the color rush jerseys created for Thursday night football. Um, and the, and then the other three are by the competition committee. Uh, these are bylaw proposals. It liberalizes rules for timing, testing, and administrating physical examinations to draft eligible players at a club's facility for one year only. Um, change the procedures for returning a player on the reserve slash physically unable to perform a reserve slash non-football injury or illness to the active list to be similar to those for returning a player that was designated for return. Um, that makes sense. Um, the league office, and, and the last one, the league office will transmit a personal, excuse me, a personnel 
notice to clubs on Sundays during training camp and preseason. Uh, I'm not sure about the last one. Any any thoughts on any of those um, uh, bylaw proposals that they are proposing for this year? Well, right off the bat, I swear, when I first heard about the color rush, you know, I, I know two gentlemen who are colorblind, close friends of the family, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how many people are colorblind, mostly men. There's a few women who have it. Right. And it just – it doesn't make sense. I mean, I know, I mean, I, I like the throwback jerseys and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I think it's kind of interesting. My, see, my proposal, you see, they should open this up to the peanut gallery, a.k.a. the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime there is a, quote, Super Bowl rematch, two franchises that have played each other in a Super Bowl, when they play each other in the regular season, they should wear the same type of uniforms and helmets they wore in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be cool? Because I remember a few years ago, the Giants were playing the Denver Broncos, and you know, which they only play each other every four years because it's an interconference game. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, it cracks me up when somebody says, "Oh, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 21." I'm like, "Yeah," and that was before most of these players were born. So it's the two franchises again, but it's not like there's any bad blood. Right. You know, it, it's you know over 20 years ago, but let's say if that Giants Broncos game a few years ago, if the Giants were wearing their their 80s jerseys and helmets, and the Broncos were wearing their classic 80s jerseys and helmets, that would have been a gas, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, the color rush, I don't get, and it it to me, you know, I I was somewhat familiar with the NFL uniform rules. It kind of violates those rules because the rules are, I read this a long time ago, and I guess they made exception for color rush, that the home team has gets the preference for uh, the jerseys. They could wear either the dark or the white. They, I think they have to declare it at least three days ahead of time. Okay. I mean, usually the home team goes with the dark, but it depends on the weather and it depends on the team. And then the visiting team is obligated to wear the opposite, you know? Right. So, and for some reason, they they got crazy with the color rush, which, you know, for many reasons I don't like, you know, colorblind people, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see what's so great about it. It doesn't look right. Um, now, for some reason in the 80s, they cut the training camp rosters to, I think, about 80, which it used to be teams would start training camp with like a 100 guys, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of which didn't stick around. But the thing is, you know, there's no minor league, and you, you're really you, – you don't get to know what players are about until you get them in pads and get them running your plays in your camp, et cetera, et cetera. And – you know, it costs a lot of money to have a developmental league, but you know, to bring more guys to camp, I think guys in training camp only get five hundred bucks a week. That's really not a lot of money for an NFL team. Right. Um, and you know, teams used to bring a lot of unsigned free agents to camp because there wasn't much commitment, and that and and it also enabled them to have uh, an intra squad scrimmage, which. You don't have enough players in camp to have that anymore. That's why now teams will work out with other teams. 
which you never used to see that. Um, but like, let's say, if they would have had smaller training camp rosters, you know, back in the day, that's an overused cliche, then a lot of players like Drew Pearson never would have been discovered. That's you know? Um, yep. He was undrafted. He played quarterback at the University of Tulsa. I, I guess, you know, Dallas was great at scouting back then. They must have saw something good in him. And, uh, you know, and many others. He's just the first that comes to mind because, you know, the guy I think has uh, – uh, I don't know. I think his career lasted a little longer. He could have made the Hall of Fame, and he's from South Jersey. But there are many other guys, you know – would not have made the NFL, but for some reason, literally to save, I don't know if it was to save a few dollars or what, they cut the training camp rosters. Now, the thing is with having a roster exemption for the concussions, I kind of like that. I mean, injuries are part of the game. Sure but, you know, this way, I guess players won't feel the need to cover up a concussion or team doctors. I guess now it's the, you got to go to the neutral doctor, but it'll make it easier for a team. I mean, you feel bad for the guys with the concussions, but you still got to field the team. And it's difficult when you're dealing with concussions. So that, to have that kind of, you know, exemption, you know, um, is a good idea. Now, I, I kind of had an idea for football that's kind of based on baseball because baseball is very unique because they expand the rosters in September – and I don't know. I think well, imagine if football teams could do that. You know, they could you know activate all the practice squad guys and maybe a few other guys uh, for December. Why not? You know, I, it, and it's weird. Nobody gets bent out of shape about you know in baseball. Most teams don't dress forty guys in September. You know, they bring up a few guys from the minors. You know, to pitch mop up. You know, pinch hit, pinch run once in a while. But I don't know. I think the NFL should look into that. Well, yeah, you probably have it right there. I mean, a, a, a thought there, a good thought there. Um, also have um, the resolutions proposals that they want to, um, I guess they're looking at. Uh, they're, they're supposed to be having their um, their uh, league meeting uh, sometime or beginning next week or sometime uh, within the next week, next week, um, where they get together and some of these uh, – uh, Bylaws or, or um, um, proposal rule proposals are are going to get uh, um, um, acted on. Um, this is uh, the last part of the, what I was going, we're talking talking about uh, originally, which is two, uh, the resolution proposals. Philadelphia has one, and then there's the, the three of them. Philadelphia has one, and there's the two by the competition committee. Philadelphia men's the NFL's on-field policy to allow clubs to have an alternate helmet in a color to match their third uniform. Uh, the second is the competition committee permits the club to negotiate and reach an agreement with a head coach candidate during the postseason prior to the conclusion of the employer's club season. Okay, that means that uh, it, what, what it means to me is that a guy like Kyle Shanahan, for instance. Um, can come to uh, an agreement while they were still in the um, um, playoffs, uh, even into the Super Bowl, I guess, because um, his his uh, his uh, club's 
season didn't come to an end until after the Super Bowl. So what essentially they're saying that um, any head coach candidate can reach an agreement anytime um, after the regular season um, and even during the postseason, even if uh, their, 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 their uh, team is going all the way to the Super Bowl. It uh, doesn't make a difference. So like it, like it is now, that the only time they can talk to, to talk to someone um, is when their club is uh, in a bye week during the postseason. They have a, a bye week. Or that club is eliminated uh, from playoffs. Then they can come to some type of agreement and, and announce it. This, help, this, is, this is what it's telling me here, that it looks like they can come to some type of agreement um, anytime during the postseason – um, even if the club is still still going on and playing in the postseason. And the third one is permits a contract or non-contract non-football employee to interview with and be hired by another club during the playing season, provided the employer club has consented. Oh. That, that, that sounds like raiding somebody's um, organization, even... Uh, Anytime, anytime, anytime. It doesn't make a difference what time of year it is. Anytime, uh, regular season, off season. Well, off season is different, but even by the re- regular season, um, if uh, uh, somebody wants to move, the employer says okay, uh, they'll let you move. What's your thoughts on on those three uh, um, uh, uh, resolution promote proposals? Uh, you know, post season, regular season, and the helmet to match their third uniform. Yeah, you know, I mean, I hope they don't get too cute with the uniforms because, like, in baseball, some of these teams, and now in basketball, they keep uh, – they, they get a little too creative with the uniforms because they're so desperate to make money off of the merchandise. But mm-hmm. I, I do like the throwbacks. I mean, occasionally the alternate. I just don't want to see, you know, the Giants playing eight games and have eight different uniforms for eight games. But uh, even they, they're mixing it up a little bit because uh, they, uh, they, 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 were wear, they wore white pants this year, which they hadn't worn white pants in forever, you know. And they mm-hmm. even wore white pants with white shirts, which I guess they didn't see the note. They're not supposed to do that after Labor Day. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know hey, you know, it, it, it kind of makes it interesting for the fans. But, you know, so basically, though, they think the Giants – I think in 93 or 94, they went with – that was when the league started the throwback and their, the throwback uniforms, and that's when there was such a positive response, they decided to stick with it. But, you know, the fact is the previous uniform, hey, they won two Super Bowls wearing those uniforms with the – you know, in the helmets with – it's just, just spelled out Giants with it underlined. Hey, bring those back. That's what I want to see. Now, I know it gets tricky – with, um, you know, coordinators, usually it's a coordinator interviewing for head coaching jobs. And even if they can't interview, that, that's tough because a lot of the other guys, if, you're, if your team isn't in the playoffs, you know, you got to be really, really prepared for those interviews because they want to see your plan. They want to see what you plan on doing with the franchise and what, what assistance you plan on bringing in, et cetera, et cetera. But there were guys, do you remember when um, in the early days of the Patriot dynasty, um, 
uh, Charlie Weiss, he wanted to be a head coach, but because the Patriots were going deep into the playoffs every year, he couldn't get the interviews, you know, and I think that might have been why he decided to become a head coach in Notre Dame, which is almost like an NFL job, uh, you know, very prestigious job. But, uh, you know, it gets, it gets very tricky with, um, you know, uh, you know, coordinators moving on to become head coaches. It, it does get a little tricky. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see something fair for uh, the candidates and for the teams. Uh, I'm not sure what the answers are. But, uh, you know, uh, but you know what? It's good that they're trying to fix it, you know. So uh, it's interesting, though, that they could – I guess it would be other front office staff that could change during the season. I don't think it would happen too much, but uh, I guess it could. Okay. We're going to stay on the um, subject of the NFL and uh, talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects and yours, too. And being facetious when I say that that uh, a possible NFL quarterback could be making a comeback, um, a so-called comeback. Supposedly, uh, during the Super Bowl, I don't know if you heard this, uh, Jeff, Sean Payton and Johnny Manziel had breakfast together. Um, and, and the two that supposedly discussed uh, a return to the football, or to the NFL, I should say. Uh, that Peyton's supposed to be interested in Manziel, possibly joining Saints sometime in the future. Um, and this was not simply the Saints head coach talking and interested in Manziel. Um, this is something um, that uh, is, is supposedly pretty legit. Um, Manziel still subject to subs- excuse me, suspension for a violation of the league's personal conduct policy. And you, you and I both know we spent the better part of a calendar year appearing in, in various photos and videos documenting his freewheeling and sometimes troubling lifestyle. But, however, he claims to have made a concerted effort to turn his life around, recently telling the Dallas judge that everything has been going extremely smoothly, and my life is trending upward. Now, we've heard that before from Johnny Manziel. And uh, he, like the person that sits uh, in the White House, is very good at convincing people of, of, um, of well, anything he has to say, whether it's it's alternative facts or not. So... What I'm saying to you about Johnny Manziel, I'm very skeptical. I still don't believe that Johnny Manziel is a valid uh, NFL quarterback, starting quarterback. Um, But who am I to question Sean Payton, who has a very good uh, offensive mind and with the help of Drew Brees won a Super Bowl, turned around a very downtrodden Saints team to, for the most part, a very competitive um, uh, uh, team year in and year out. What's your thoughts? Johnny Manziel making a comeback 
and in fact, possibly going to the Saints under Sean Payton. You know, you know, I thought for him, I actually, you know, I think he's been making some appearances lately, and he seems together. Be being out of football kind of scared him straight. I I really thought his only path back to the NFL would be, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe a year in football purgatory, either Canada, the Arena League, and just for a year, he would. I don't even think he'd have to play great. He wouldn't even have to play. Just just prove that he could be part of a team and stay out of trouble. You know what I mean? Um, and I think if he could prove that, um, you know, maybe somebody would be interested in him as a backup. Because the the thing that hurts him also is he's playing the most important position. Can't have that guy flaking out on you, you know. Right, um, right. And he just, you know, I mean, people make mistakes. And he, you know, and he's still, a, you know, a young man. You have, you know, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. Uh, anybody who, who talks like they are is a moron because I've heard people talk like they are. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he just kept screwing up in Cleveland. I mean, already that's a couple of years ago. But, I, you know, they, they told him. I remember this vividly. They were going into the bye week, and they said, you know, um, they wanted to start him after the bye, and they told him to stay in town. And I think they knew what they were dealing with. And then you remember this, and he shows what a moron he is. And that's what happens. A lot of people who uh, abuse substances, they get really sloppy and stupid, you know. Um, so he, uh, he goes to a party with his buddies, and uh, they film it. And then he denied it, which, you know, it's on the Internet because, you know, these young whippersnappers, you know, they can't wipe themselves without filming it, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, these guys would rob a bank and then post it on the Internet and wonder why they get busted. You know, it must be real easy for cops nowadays, you know. Um, you know, I, I'd like, you know, I like to see people happy. I like to see people successful. You know, I'd like to see Johnny Manziel you know, uh, get another chance. But, uh, you know, he, at this point, he'd probably be a third quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, if, uh, if Sean Payton thinks, you know, uh, it, it, could, it could work out, then, uh, you know, why not? But, yeah, he, I think he does have to deal with a suspension. But, you know, I'll tell you, it, I, I don't like the idea of the league suspending players because – the league is not a court of law. You know what I'm saying? Like for certain situations, yes, but not when the league acts like a court because I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable. I would not be comfortable with my employer saying, oh, well, you know, we think you did this and that and we're going to suspend you. It's like, you know, no, you're not, a, you're not a judge. You're not a jury. You're not the court system. You don't have that authority. But uh, Roger Goodell thinks he's God. I think he thinks he's God, Dell. So, um, whatever. And I'll, I'll tell you that that's been his Waterloo. I think is um, you know trying to trying uh, too hard to impress casual fans and simpletons by coming down hard on players when you know sometimes hey the, the court is already taking care of it. You know they they should focus on football, not not uh, court matters. 
All right. Speaking of Mr. Goodell, I got another thing here for you. I just realized I just uh, I just miss it. Um, and it's, it has to do with the speed the speed the speed of the game, and uh, it's um, seems like uh, after extra points that um, Mr. Goodell. Uh, run, wants a running clock, meaning that you know. And, and I, if you had listened to me earlier when I first got on about how there's so much stoppage when you when you kick off, they go to a commercial and then they come back. Extra point, they 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 go to a commercial and then they come back. So in, in essence. You only hear, you only see one play. So somebody scores a touchdown, and they elect it rather than go for two points. They go for even if they go for two points, they or, or just a single extra point. The play, the play takes place, and then they go to commercial, and then you come back and see see the team that that scored the touchdown and the extra point kick off, and then it goes to commercial again. That drives me absolutely crazy, um, and. and um, Seems like he wants to eliminate something like that and make it a running clock. What's your thoughts? After you know, after an extra point, so I mean, it's a running clock. They don't go to commercial. They come back. Uh, I mean, they they you, you'll see everybody getting the process of lining up, and hopefully they kick off and they don't go to commercial after the kickoff. They go to commercial after whatever it, uh, whatever. It, it sounds good. It sounds good to me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm curious about the motivation. Because uh, a long time ago, they uh, they made some changes, like uh, they cut. You know, some of them are relatively minor, but halftime used to be 15 minutes. They cut that down to 12. Um, that um, and the reason they made those changes back in the 90s, I think it was, was because, and you know who really runs the NFL? It's the sponsors. The sponsors or the networks, probably both. They wanted games in three hours or less. didn't have to be a lot less, but they made those changes to try to keep it under three hours. And maybe he's pushing now again to try to keep it under three hours, you know, very possibly to appease the networks and the sponsors, because I understand they pay the bills, but believe me, if, if all the big beer companies and car companies got together and said, we want NFL teams to play in pink tutus, you know what they'd be wearing that Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. And I think what I, what I think he's trying to do is is um, keep the fans interested, rather than um, break up the action, uh, keep the keep the flow of the game uh, um, going, and keep and peak the keep the peak of the interest of the uh, fans. So. And I and I've been guilty of this um, during those times when they go to commercial. In my opinion, unnecessarily, I flip the channel, and I flip the channel, and I, I go somewhere else, and, and I try to time it back to something that, uh, to to when the game when I think the game is going to start. Well, they want to be able to not let you flip that channel, because when you do flip the channel. You're not watching the game, and when they do go to commercial, 
you may not be uh, uh, at that game. You may be watching a Western, some type of other movie or whatever that's taking place uh, on another channel and, and not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, well, not paying attention. To, to be truthful, not paying attention to the yeah. NFL. So, you know, uh, interest, people, people lose interest very quickly when – when there's interruption in uh, uh, um, at, when there's interruption in action, um, and they get frustrated because there's too many interruptions, they'll lose interest. Even the most ardent, in my opinion, most ardent football fan probably can't, can't stand the fact is kickoff. They go to commercial, extra point. They go to commercial when they when they and then when they come back, like I said, they do a kickoff and they go to commercial. That's two commercials. You know, and you see only two plays, and two not really non-essential plays, in my opinion, because one's an extra point, and the other one is a kickoff. Unless it's a kickoff return for a touchdown or something like that, or or something exciting that happens on, happens on a kickoff, which doesn't happen that really that often, um, <laughs> that, then you're really two, seeing two non-essential plays uh, and two commercials or several commercials, because usually it's not just one commercial; it's several commercials at one time. And uh, there's that famous uh, siren, at, as we always um, uh, can count on, like clockwork. But that's okay. <laughs> that, that's my theme music. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. you know, like, I hear you. Like, you know, you have an intro theme. That should be mine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and, and you and, know and that. Go ahead, Jeff. That, that's just the sound of life in the barrio, my friend, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's not the hood. It's the barrio. Um, okay. But it's not a bad place. And uh, coincidentally, I, I reside very close to the ambulance center mm-hmm. because I remember when I first moved here, I'm thinking, now I've heard sirens before, but not, you know, every hour at least. I'm thinking, now I knew the neighborhood. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? And, yeah. But but I'll tell you though the funniest thing was when I when I when I first got my my first apartment, car backfire, which oh boy. used to happen a lot because there was a you know mechanic nearby and they used to drive down that street to test drive the cars. But I'll tell you, I thought it was a gunshot, and I was <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm like running around like an idiot. I thought there was a drive-by or something going on. But uh, I just was a little nervous or something, that's all. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing is, they they took the excitement out of the, uh, the kickoff because so many are touchbacks now, but they put the excitement back into the extra point um, by pushing it back. Um, I'll tell you though. I mean, they they should call me Surfer Boy because I channel surf as much as anybody, and um, you know sometimes if you're lucky, there's two games going on at once, and then you go back and forth. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, one one of my favorite things to watch during the commercials of a football game is um, ESPN. You know, usually. You know, during the Sunday afternoon, they know, you know, everybody's watching, uh, you know, watching football. So they'll just give up and put up, you know, a program that doesn't cost them much. That um, 
billiards. I don't know. I, they used to show billiards sometimes Sunday afternoon, and I kind of got hooked a little bit because that right. was pretty fun to watch. They used to show um, bowling, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, bowling yeah. On, on Sunday that was afternoon. another good yeah. ESPN Sunday afternoon, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but uh, the billiards and, and, and uh, the bowling, but I, I, I don't know. The billiards kind of caught my eye, and especially the trick shot I thought was a lot of fun, you know. And, and some of these uh, billiards players are very colorful. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think – in many respects, the NFL is, is well run and, uh, you know, a lot, by a lot of smart people. And uh, I guess they're, you know, they don't want to be like baseball. They want to stay relevant, you know. Um, they don't want to lo- lose the young fans. Um, you know, it, it, they're smart guys. Yep. All right. Another thing I want to talk about here, Jeff, is this. Uh, with a vote of NFL owners slated for Monday at the annual league meeting, the Oakland Raiders are expected to receive approval to re- relocate to a stadium to be built in Las Vegas. I think uh, if it, it's approved, um, I think the stadium will be ready by in two to three years. Um, I don't know if you've seen a, a, a picture of what the stadium is supposed, is supposed to look like, but it looks like a hell of a... Uh, um, landmark to be uh to be built and uh 24 out of the 32 clubs excuse me clubs 24 out of 32 clubs need to agree um to uh, uh allow the raiders to move to las vegas from storied oakland and it's going to take uh i think the raiders have to fork over a moving fee of 300 25 to 350 million. What's your thoughts? You know, I mean, based on what I heard, I mean, I don't think the Raiders closed the deal yet in, in Las Vegas, which you think the NFL should wait until they get a lease for uh, a place in, in uh, Vegas. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious if this has ever been done in sports before. Like, if they could just become the Raiders, just lose the city and just become the Raiders. Uh, uh, you know, and it's kind of a shame because, you know, it looks like they're on the rise and they're going to leave Oakland again, you know. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's there's tourists, but, you know, I don't know if you could rely on tourists to fill seats in a football stadium, especially if the team is losing. Um, I don't know if Vegas – well, one, a friend of the show – she, she would probably have a good opinion. I don't know if that's a good sports town. You know what I'm saying? Um, I kind of like uh, in baseball, you know, uh, you know, some, some cities in uh, Florida, you know, Florida is great for spring t- training, but you know, they don't, they don't seem to support the baseball teams too well for various reasons. There's a lot of other things to do there, et cetera, et cetera. And Vegas, there's a lot to do. It's a big market. It's not a huge market. Excuse me. Well, uh, ma- ma- I, I don't know if, if I mean, uh, I don't think Vegas has ever supported a major league franchise before. So uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. It, it might not every city is a major league city and not every city supports their sports franchises. 
Well, that's true. And um, I think you're talking about uh, a friend of the show. She hasn't been on for quite a while, Jackie Taylor. Uh, I mean, I mean, reach out to her on Facebook because I'm friends with her on Facebook and see if uh, she'll make an appearance on this show or one of the other shows that we have. And that's and catch up on on the news of what she's up to and get her thoughts on um, a possible uh, NFL pro football team going coming to the uh, Los excuse me Los Angeles Las Vegas area um, uh, full time. Uh, maybe I'll do that in the next few days and see if uh, if she'll um, uh, agree or have time to do it. Haven't talked to her in years. It's been a while since we've had her on one of our shows, um, and uh, it would be interesting. Still part of the to, family. Yeah, be interesting. Get her thoughts on on um, uh, a pro pro team. I know she likes to um, um, put a monetary value on on teams, whether it's NBA, uh, football. I don't know if about baseball, but I do know she likes to. Uh, um, um, uh, wager on um, NBA games, so um, it may be something that would uh, in um, interest her greatly. Who knows? Um, it is what it is. All right, we got uh, about uh, six minutes left in the show. I think I'm probably going to cut this show short. Um, there's been. A, let me tell you something, Jeff. There's, the last time we talked, we talked about Chuck Berry, right? Yep. How about Chuck Barris passing away? I'm trying to think of who else passed away since we talked about Chuck Berry. Um, I'm trying to think who it was. Maybe you can refresh my memory. Chuck Barris passed away a couple of days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's somebody who just passed away recently, like in the last day or so. Um, um, Sib Hashian, the former drummer with the band Boston. I don't know if that's who you're thinking about. No, and, not. Uh, uh, okay. Now, the thing is, we, it blows my mind that Chuck Barris, because the name Chuck Berry, Chuck Barris, very similar names. Yep. And Chuck Barris is best known for producing and hosting uh, game shows, but he mm-hmm. started out as a songwriter. And his biggest hit as a songwriter was Palisades Park. Um, really? That was a big hit in the 50s for Freddie Boom Boom Cannon. You see, Palisades Park, for those who aren't familiar, it's a city in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. And they had a very famous amusement park, which closed when I was in preschool. And... You can look it up, the hit song, Palisades Park. You'll hear it on a classic oldie station once in a while. And it's now, big shock, it's a condo development. But that was a very popular amusement park. And uh, it's really funny because my great-grandfather, who uh, passed away before I was born, he dated one of the fortune tellers there. Really? Which is very ironic because anyone who knows me knows I really don't like psychics or that sort of thing, but uh, mm-hmm. my great grandfather felt differently, so uh, uh, he was a regular at Palisades Park because uh, you know he he was widowed and he was dating one of the fortune tellers. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of, uh, and I know you heard of all these people 
that has died recently. Quite naturally, we talked about Chuck Berry uh, and 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 uh, Chuck Barris. How about David Rockefeller, a very famous politician? How about Jimmy Breslin? How about that's right, yeah. How about Robert Osborne? Do you know who, you know who Robert Osborne is, right? Of uh, the host of Turner Classic Movies, he passed away oh, uh, oh, hey. earlier er, this earlier about. Uh, let me see, this is the twenty third. Seventeen days ago, he, he died on March sixth. He was eighty four. Tommy Page um, died earlier part of this month. Um, uh, he was a singer and music executive. Um, Page top hit featuring New Kids on the Block, "I'll Be Your Everything." Uh, he was forty six. How about Bill Paxton? Uh, quite natural. That was le- end last month. Alec Combs, who passed away, um, who was part of uh, Sean Hannity's program. That was that was uh, uh, a later part of February also. Um, so there's quite been quite a few people, um, and you know we and, and I'm going down here because. Um, we didn't mention these guys, and these guys were—I uh, shouldn't say guys, women too, um, or people. I should say, to be general, people. Uh, Al Jarreau, who passed away in the middle of February. Uh, Richard Hatch, uh, you, you know who Richard Hatch was, uh, Captain oh, Apollo in, he, in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I was a uh, big fan of that show. Oh yeah. Um, uh, John Hurt, who passed away in uh, January. So we. I'm not going to go any further than that, but there were some named guys who passed, named people, I should say, who passed away um, in the last couple of months. Uh, and this is just the early part of uh, um, um, early part of uh, uh, 2017. How about this one? And, and I didn't realize who this was, but I'm looking at this list. How about, do you know who Norma McCorvey was? Uh, I can't say that I do. The anonymous plaintiff known as Jane Roe in the Supreme Court's 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling. She oh. passed away in February 18th at the age of 69. Did not know that. So uh, you never know. I, I just happened to pick up the right list, uh, and, and she was on it. And I th- that's pretty interesting. That I, I never knew that. I I thought the person's name was actually Roe, um, but it wasn't. Her name was Norma McCorvey, and they had an anonymous plaintiff known as Jane Roe, Roe versus Wade. So you learn something new every day. So um, with that, uh, we got uh, about a minute left in the show, Jeff. Final thoughts before we get to get our little butts out of here. Talk to me. Well, it's nice to be back. Same bat time, same bat station. Been a pleasure. Tune in next Thursday night. Same here. Uh, also tune in 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday afternoon, where we'll be on the FSP show. Vic Gardner will be hosting it. I'll be co-host. And as usual, and this is going to be a mock draft 3.0, which is this is March. I'm having a mock draft each month uh, on the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday morning. Um, I'll be hosting that show and be doing my uh, mock draft uh, 3.0 each month up until the draft. 
up until the draft. So the draft is next month. So I'll be doing another draft probably a couple of days just before uh, the draft actually takes place, which is in the uh, last um, last weekend of uh, uh, the last few days of uh, April, April 27th to, to the 29th. I'm not going to be doing a full draft. I'll be probably doing just the first round. Um, but that's going to be, that's in the future. This, the president is now, I appreciate you listening to people. Um, and come back, uh, next week, Jeff and I will be holding it down on the FSP crew show and, uh, talk to you later. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, enjoy the NCAA tournament. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but enjoy it. Um, uh, games going on now until the weekend and we'll get a final eight, um, and leading to the final four quite naturally to the whoever is going to be the champion. Talk to you later. See ya. See ya, Jeff. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy sports and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy sports and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah.